Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 194. As always, I'm your host, James Shotwell, and it is great to be with you again. How are you feeling out there? Are you good? Are you surviving this pandemic? Are you staying home? Are you washing your hands? I don't know about you, but I am really missing live music this week. But thankfully, I have a guest whose album is nearly as exciting as a great rock show. I'm speaking with none other than Lance, the king of black metal, otherwise known as one half of the band Witch Taint, who will release their debut album, Sons of Midwestern Darkness, through TP Records on April 10th. Now, Witch Taint is an incredible group who have been around since 2004, which may make you ask, why has it taken 16 years to release an album? Well, don't worry. We're going to get into that and much more during this conversation. But before we get there, I got to tell you one quick thing. Our sponsor this week is none other than Holix, the music industry's leading promotional distribution platform. Now, what that means is that Holix works with record labels and artists all over the globe to share new and unreleased music with tastemakers. If you go to holix.com today and sign up, you'll receive your first month of service absolutely free. Again, that's holix.com, H-A-U-L-I-X.com. Now, I don't want to waste any more of your time, so please sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Lance, the king of black metal, talking about Witch Taint's upcoming album, Sons of Midwestern Darkness, due out April 10th through TP Records. Dig in. extremely extreme and, and you know pretty awesome in general thanks for asking how are you doing i'm doing well what is quarantine like for somebody who is you know as powerful as yourself well it's not really that big of a deal because i've been self-isolating since the early 90s at least so i honestly didn't really notice that much of a difference until you know, uh, you know, I gradually, you know, when people would start responding to my Craigslist ad that I had placed, uh, that's when I kind of found out about everything that was going on. So for me, you know, it's business as, as usual. And for which taint, this is really, you know, it's obviously horrible what's going on and hopefully we'll, the world will, you know, we'll all get through this soon enough. But, uh, in terms of us and our album coming out, it's really the best thing that could have ever happened to us because people have no choice but to stay indoors and listen to our album over and over and over again, which we just, you know, the second part of that equation, we're just kind of assuming once they hear it. Well, absolutely. Now, I know that you guys hail from the world of Gary, Indiana, by way of Norway, obviously, can you tell me a little bit well, about? Well, yeah, your... I'm from. It. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm from Indiana, and Matthias is from Norway. Mm. But we, you know, we we probably would have had the band set up in Norway, but just from an economic perspective, it was just cheap. Everything's cheaper in in Indiana than it is in like Oslo. It costs like uh, even a bag of combos in Oslo is like forty seven bucks. 
how does how does someone growing up in Gary, Indiana, come into black metal? Like how how what was your introduction to the art form? Um, I was just trying to like you know find the most extreme metal that I could find, and uh, I needed some. You know, I was trying to ex- express my dark world view, and then also between that and the fact that I live near a guitar center. Uh, it was just like seemed obvious to me that I should form the most extremely extreme black metal band of all time. So which state, you know, existed mostly in my mind for many years. And I don't know if you're familiar with the original black metal dialogues emails. Have you had a chance to see those? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. So, you know, the, the, the roots of the band, that's how it started is me you know, trying to get the band signed to a, a real Norwegian black metal record label, you know, before I, I had even written, I hadn't actually gotten around to writing any actual music yet, but I was so confident uh, in in the what I knew the music would end up being that I was, you know, confident enough to try to get, uh, get a, uh, a record contract. So, but this, so it's really... This record's taken us longer to finish than Chinese de- democracy, if you think about it, because it's taken 16 years, even though most of that was spent doing absolutely nothing in true underground fashion. Now, when you began to think about those songs that you would eventually have to record, what comes first, the music or is it the lyrics that you're trying to get out? It's a little bit of both. I mean sort of the thing with them, you know, we want to get our message across and, you know, a lot of the lyrics refer to the original emails. If you, you know, sort of a bonus for people that are familiar with the original emails, they can hear there's references to those, but, you know, all the, it kind of comes together pretty quickly. We, the song started off just with, you know, us mumbling into our, and even though we hate, uh, technology we most of the demos were done on our iphones just by mumbling into them and then we would you know record them later so the whole album actually exists on my phone with grunts and groans we might release that as like a bonus when the deluxe edition of sons of midwestern darkness comes out it might come with uh my actual iphone that's surprising to hear. I've spoken to a lot of musicians who record their ideas that way, but most of them are afraid their ideas will get out into the world one day. Well, oh, because of like the cloud or whatever? Yeah, exactly. They think that their notes app voice recordings might one day hit the world and people will hear them trying to figure out melodies on their phones. Oh, well, we're not really afraid of that because we have so many, there's like endless ideas. So even if, we were to accident, you know, this right, you know, this record's already manufactured and ready to come out in a few days here. But even if it didn't, we accidentally deleted all of it. We would just think of a bunch of other, even more awesomer songs to come out after that. You know what I mean? So not really worried about it. Yeah, you guys. I mean, only... that's, that's like shit. Like, you know, Kirk Hammond might have to worry about that, but we don't have to worry about that. That's great. You guys 
are just about to release your first record in the near future, but I am curious, you know, you've been percolating these ideas for so long. How much material is Witch Taint really sitting on? Well, there's the original demo that I recorded with the session, session musician in 2004, I think, uh, for the original demo of Necro Dream Raper. And that's unreleased. Uh, it wasn't on MySpace page, but then I think they might have deleted our MySpace page. And there is, um, I have, a, I guess I have a lot of iPhone notes of me humming. Um, but other than that, we, uh, yeah, the, we recorded, I think we have a couple more songs. But I mean, I guess to answer your question, we pretty much have, uh, probably at least 10 more albums ready to go. That's amazing. Now, people can read online, as you said, the Black Metal Dialogues and hear about you trying to find a label for quite a while, actually. But I'm curious, you know, you guys eventually partnered with TP Records. So what made them the perfect home for Witch Taint? Uh, well, you know, we thought it would be like, we, we really like that label even though, you know, they don't normally, they have never put out anything as extreme as Witch Taint before, but they've also, you know, they put out a lot of great records, you know, uh, the Painted Doll record, the Valley Lodge record, the Witch record, the Sweet Apple record, you know, Atomic Bitch Wax, so many, so many great records. But um, really what it came down to is we needed someone to put the record out and the uh, president of TP Kenny we saw him driving into Costco in his van and when he uh he's like a really bad driver honestly and he parked in his space and went into Costco and so we just parked our minivan it was not mine it's my mom's technically uh parked the minivan behind his van and threatened to not move until he would agree to release the record. So that's kind of what it came down to. It's uh, just good timing, I guess. Absolutely. But they're, you know, they're, they're a great label and uh, they have a cool logo, which was a big factor uh, for us. And uh, they said they would pay for stickers. We have not seen the stickers yet, but, uh, you know, we figure that's going to be like coming, I guess. Well, I hope so. I mean, yeah. you guys have a really strong visual presence online and everything that you do. And I, you know, when I was hearing the record the other day, fortunate enough to do so, I was like, I need a witch taint shirt in my life. So I hope that there's plenty of merch on the horizon as well. I'm staring at a box of witch taint shirts right now. If you send me your address, just text it to me. Um, I'll send you a shirt as soon as I'm allowed to go to the post office. But, uh, yeah, we have the best t-shirts. I draw most of them myself, um, w which makes them even more awesomer. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll be happy to send you. We have, we have awesome shirts. We, I don't know if I have any stickers here or not. But then the, our album cover was done by Tim Lehigh, who's an amazing artist. And, uh, me and, Matthias backwards are both on ir irritable horses, which was cool. 
I don't know if you saw that. I have not, but I, now I have to. Oh, the covers, it's the best. It's like us, we're on horses and we're like riding and, and you could tell the horses are like, oh my God, they're like seriously pissed off, but not necessarily pissed. We love animals, so it's not like they're pissed off at us, but they're probably like pissed off at probably we're pretty pissed also and it's just like everyone's pissed off and then there's like hellhounds in the background who are like what the fuck is going on you know and then there's fire which uh we had to pay extra for but i think it's worth it now i'm curious you know which taint had a presence at vakin festival one of the most notable music festivals in the world, if not the most, and I have been trying to attend myself for years. So can you tell me about the Vakken experience, especially for people who are unfamiliar? It seems like an overwhelming thing to be a part of as a musician, especially for someone as brutal as yourself. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, the thing is, like with Vakken, we had only been, that was like not even our, maybe our 10th show ever. And that was when we were still a duo. Because, you know, what? We, I forget if I talked about this already, but, you know, we started with just me and Matthias backwards reading the original emails on stage. And we did that and then gradually got asked to perform at Vakken. And we were the only band to do all four days on the whole festival. So, you know, take that, Mr. Big. Um, and Judas Priest, and, you know, some of the other bands, whatever. But uh, it was awesome. I have to say Vakken was one of the funnest experiences I've ever had in my life. And it was the best run, not just music festival, but the best run anything ever in my life that I've ever seen. It was no joke that, like amazingly well run everyone was just so nice and like nothing nothing you think like hundred thousand people something is going to happen to like bum you out you know like someone's going to puke on you or bump into you with their shirt off and be all sweaty literally not nothing happened that was not awesome like no one even litters there it's amazing and i met gal from uh, Gorgoroth and Gallsveard and I met enslaved and met all sorts of people and it was super fun. And, uh, and it was also, it was at Vakken where we decided to become a full band, you know, because by then we had been reading the emails on stage and Matthias and I had added a few songs, but, you know, we're standing on a, on a stage in corpse paint in the middle of Germany reading from our laptops and you know a lot of these people at least half the people were really confused as to what was going on and then but then whenever we'd play the music the whole place would go crazy so I think after like the second day we were just like let's just uh finish a whole record and go out and play as a band so then we went home and, and started working on the album and uh, now, so we're super psyched. It's just been like, you know, 16 years, but also even just the last three years to have 
you know, gone from playing St. Vitus, which is, you know, pretty much the CBGBs of metal at this point in America. And then, you know, to go to that. And then we did South by Southwest and Oslo with Fenris and Dark Throne in the front row. And then, you know, London and then Vakken and have the record finally coming out and have people, you know, so far, you know, the, what we've been hearing, everyone's really digging the record. And, you know, a lot, you know, guys like Phil Anselmo and Chris Reifert from Autopsy and Pepper Keenan from Corrosion and Conformity and Micus from Venom and Malthus from Carpathian Forest. Like all these, you know, guys from, you know, big bands that are awesome. You know, all those bands are total pussies compared to Witch Taint, but you know what I mean? In general, they're awesome just to have all those bands, you know, be fans of ours uh, and help us out by, you know, guests appearing on the record or, and, you know, being in the music videos and things like that is, is pretty awesome. But then also, like, my sister likes it and she's, you know, she's not as metal as you might think. So it kind of covers a lot of ground. You know, I find that there is a lot of fun on the record, a lot of fun to be had that I don't really think is in a lot of metal, especially the heavier into metal where you guys come from. What is the secret to balancing the heaviness with the fun? Or is it fun because it's so heavy? Oh, that's a, that's the eternal question. But I think, I think, you know, we, you know, we wanted to make a record that combined, you know, where Matthias and I are, Oh, that's, I don't know if you hear in the background, but Lucifuge, my dog, who, she does a barking solo on Death to Death Metal, and now she's barking at somebody else, but, um, she stopped barking, but, uh, you know, we wanted to combine, uh, uh, all, you know, all the different kinds of metal that we love, whether it's black metal or, you know, new, new wave of British heavy metal or, you know, everything and you know punk and combine all the different music we like and 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 have it also be like something that metal fans can get into but also like people that you know one thing i love about our shows is that it's there's metal fans but then there's people that that aren't into metal at all and they're just out having a good time singing along and you know you know we wanted to make it so not only would we want to sing the songs, but everyone would want to sing them. So we, you know, we, we, we wanted to do something that we hadn't heard anyone do before and, uh, and have it be just something, you know, for, for everyone to, to enjoy. I mean, obviously some people are going to hate it, but, and some, you know, but I think all kinds of people can get into it. And so we're, you know, once, once we're all allowed to go out of the house again and all that, uh, we're excited for people to, you know, to get, we'll get out and play, you know, play this music for people. And we have, you know, we have a full band now. It's not just me and Matthias Backers. We have La Sinistra, the opera singer on the record, and she's in the band now. And then we have, uh, you know, we have six of us now in the band. So it's easier to carry the equipment that way. Absolutely. Now, I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but I am curious, when you have a record like this rolling around in your head for so many years and you're getting ready to put it out, 
what kind of expectations do you guys have for the release itself? Do you have any hopes or dreams for the record, or is it just good enough getting it out there to the people? Well, I mean, one of the things about being one of the greatest and cultist, most underground bands of all time is you, whatever happens, you can't lose, you know, it's like when you're an underground cult act doing absolutely nothing for, you know, 12 years, 13 years or however long, that's like total success. But then if you do a lot of stuff, that's cool too. So with this record, on the one hand, you know, we'd love for it to come out and become really popular and have people love it all over the world. And, you know, we're already hearing from people all over the world about it or getting into it. And also hearing from people telling us to go fuck ourselves, which is also awesome. Um, but we, you know, whatever, whatever happens, uh, it's, you know, I think whenever you make any, anything, you got to make it for yourself to dig it. And then, uh, if no one else digs it, at least you entertain yourself, you know? So hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone all over the world, this would be like, uh, you know, be like the Beatles or something. But, you know, if, if it doesn't work out that way, we're still super psyched that the record's out in the world finally and that, you know, the people that want to hear this kind of music can 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 hear it, you know? Absolutely. That's now, Refuge again in the background. That's perfectly fine. Happy to have them make a special appearance on this recording. Now, we're going to try to get this episode out in time for the album release that's coming up very soon. However, due to the current state of the world, there is not a Witch Taint concert that night. I think I saw you guys do have a release show planned this summer tentatively. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, we were supposed to do one originally tonight. We were supposed to be playing our record release show in New York City. But yeah, that's postponed now to June 16th. And, you know, I'm not really counting on that happening, um, partially because of coronavirus, but also uh, we're having troubles with our van. The alternator on it is out. So between those two things, I don't have high hopes. But this Friday, we I'm, I think at 8 p.m. on our Facebook page, we're going to do a Facebook Live thing. And, uh, and, and then that'll people can join in from all over the world and we're going to we're going to have special things going on. So we will celebrate with the world on on Friday. Well that's great to hear and I'm wishing you the two of you or I guess I should say the six of you all the best and I hope that you make it through this as well. Seven, well my seven. My yeah, dog it was fuge. Obviously, that was my mm-hmm. bad, my bad. Yeah back on it i do wish you guys the best sons of midwestern darkness coming out april 10th through tp records you can get the record wherever you access music it's worth your time i do want to thank you one more time for being on the show do you have any closing thoughts yeah uh everyone stay hydrated it's really important regardless of uh the coronavirus you should always drink a lot of fluids um and you should also always wash your hands So these are good habits that we can carry on uh, once this is all over. But in the meantime, everyone stay at home and uh, self-isolate, social distance, and listen to Witch Taint nonstop.